This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. As you heard in Bob's news, the latest pedestrian death on our roads is particularly shocking because the woman was run over by two separate drivers and neither of them remained at the scene. The victim, as is most often the case, was a Zoomer, a woman in her late 70s. She was crossing at the intersection of Midland Avenue and Shepherd Avenue East with the walk signal, with a green light. She was crossing at a crosswalk and she was hit first by the driver of a right-turning transport truck. The truck struck her, knocked her to the ground before striking her again with its back wheels, and that was what killed her. Minutes later, the driver of a car ran over her again. She was someone's mother, someone's sister, someone's wife, but neither driver stayed at the scene of the crash. The woman is the second pedestrian killed on Toronto streets in less than 24 hours following the death of a man who was hit while crossing Steeles Avenue East and Laureleaf on Tuesday night. And another man, 73 years old, was left with life-threatening injuries in a separate crash on Shepherd Avenue East near Markham Road on Tuesday afternoon. So, including the woman killed yesterday, 22 pedestrians have died on Toronto roads this year. Last year, in 2018, 46 people were killed on Toronto streets while walking or cycling. We'd like to hear from you, your experiences trying to cross the road, trying to cycle, what you have to say on this topic that we keep having to revisit despite all the effort, it seems, that is pe- being put into changing this. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Right now, joining me in studio, Sergeant Brett Moore from Toronto Police Traffic Services. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again. Well, you know, ironically, yesterday you were supposed to be here on another subject, and at the last minute you were called away, and it turned out you were called away for this horrible, horrible traffic crash. Exactly. And um, again, part of your intro there, again, far too often these things are happening. Um, We continue, it just really reinforces the fact that we've got to continue to talk, right? And there's, there's really nothing, road safety, I've come to learn over the years, um, it's such a polarized thing. People are very passionate on both sides, uh, you know, whether drivers, pedestrians, cyclists, all those kinds of stuff. But there's not one other crime that sort of connects us all together as well, if you will, right? You're more likely to be involved in some sort of a traffic crime than any other crime combined is the, is, is the saying that we use often. And it's true. If you think about it, very few people, thankfully, are involved in some of the, some of the, the events that are happening around our city, like guns, gangs, robberies, things like that. But you, but almost everybody can probably stop and think and knows somebody that's been involved in a crash, that's got a ticket, that has seen somebody do something 
silly, dangerous, risky behavior and thought, Jesus, what a, you know, what a foolish thing to do. And so that's what I want to talk about every chance we get. And when I say I, the Toronto Police Service and, and all of its members across the city um, are passionate and, and, and are really focused on uh, getting people to think differently and acting differently on our roads. Okay, so this poor woman... She did everything right. There was, there was, you can't even say, you know, oftentimes people don't cross at the light. We know this was Scarborough. Scarborough is the area that's been identified as the most dangerous area for a pedestrian. We know that part of the problem is there can be a very long way between lights. And, and if you're talking about older people who might have mobility issues, okay, sometimes they cross against the light and bad things happen, but she was doing everything right. Yeah. We've, we got lots of calls. Once again, our, our call takers uh, got lots of calls at 1130 yesterday morning. And you're right. And we have some, some uh, excellent witnesses, I'm told, from our investigators that provided a lot of early and accurate and timely information. And that's what they said. And, and basically, uh, the, the situation is a woman was crossing at the crosswalk. And um, as we've come to learn, and there is a right turning truck, as your intro was accurately described. And um, she was knocked to the ground. And again, it, it, this is a, one of your to, you know, type of age groups that, you know, specifically that we try to follow for this station. It's a woman in her senior ages, uh, again, overrepresented in our fatal collisions, uh, pedestrian involved collisions in, in, in our city. And, um, and again, We've got people taking off from uh, from the scene, and, and w- whether there's a guilty mind involved and stuff like that, that's not for for me or us at this early hours of the investigation to to think about. It's something to talk about for sure. But our investigators are the ones that sort of sift through all of that and and go through the statements and the videos and the things hours of of investigation that happens, and it takes time. And those are the questions that they're going to try to answer. Okay, uh, but there are other questions. So. Mm-hmm. We know that in many cases, the whole business of right turns are difficult. So would there be an issue that the, the truck is too high up, can't see her? What, what could bring this about? Sure. And, and definitely with these commercial trucks, and we've seen that over and over again, um, that, you know, that, that they're involved in, in crashes and things like that. And, and there's no question about it. To drive a commercial truck anywhere is a difficult job. Put that into Toronto, busy city streets. It's a very difficult job. But these are professional drivers, and we hold them to a very high standard. And um, they are there are definitely sightline challenges that people have to be aware of on both sides of it, right? And we we te- we talked. We're about and I'm just sort of sidetrack just really quickly to talk about back to school. And that, that's one of the things we talk to kids about. Don't hang out near the front of the bus and things like that because there are there are sightline challenges with these big 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 types of vehicles. But um, there's, there's, and we've said it before, the, 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 the person with that has the highest level of responsibility on our roads are our drivers, especially our ones that are driving these big commercial trucks. And we, we hold them to high standards. And regardless of those sight lines, you've got to know where you are and what's around you and what's going on. So again, uh, I, I'm not, I can't, I'm not in a position to speak to specifics about this crash, but generally speaking, these are all good tips and, and pieces of advice that we constantly try to get out there to the public. What about, the design. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there were design issues that made this more likely to happen in Scarborough than elsewhere? Sure. And now, and you know, I'm not an engineer, but I'm going to say this: I, I, once Vision Zero um, came in, this Toronto is a Vision Zero town. We know that, and it's been, and we've been at it now since 2016. I can tell you this: after every serious crash, every fatal crash specifically involving a vulnerable road user, the city goes out and does an audit, and they go out and do a review, and all these things. And it's not just 
it's all the different sort of um, arms of the city that come out and talk about it and look at the at all those things that you just said. And I'm going to leave those design questions and things to the folks from the city. We and, are going to be talking yep. to Brad Bradford. That's his uh, bailiwick. Yep. So, and but I do, but I will say this: uh, that these things are looked at. It's not. Uh, it happens, and nothing nothing happens. Absolutely, there'll be a review, and um, and I know it's a very topical thing that goes on. But uh, but as a cop, I'll I'll leave to law enforcement, leave the engineers to the uh, design. Okay, yeah. and and another thing that I want to hit before we start taking calls from people. Okay. What could possibly be going through someone's mind when this happens? Obviously it's a horrible thing to happen to make them think that they, it's okay to take Um, off or they'll get away with it. Yeah. And and, and that's always part of it. And that's why the early minutes and early hours after a crash, especially a a failed or remain crash, it's critical that we, uh, we get to the bottom of of things. Uh, And in this case, the, the, this commercial truck did leave and the driver did take off. uh, And we, track them both down and so that's that's a good thing and that you tracked both him and the, the and the, the driver commercial, our investigators did within a few hours after the crash and the driver of the car <clears throat> not the car so that's the second thing so the, the one that the other sort of odd thing about this particular crash is that second vehicle that came through struck the woman again while she was on the ground while she was already dead right well i i i don't know that part exactly but um that's you know. the sense that i got from what i because they said that the 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 back wheels of the truck were, were what killed her I'll, I'll say this i mean i don't want to be too uh, too graphic and i was at the scene and and, and i know investigators were it was uh, it was a uh, pretty gruesome scene right and so what i what we were in a position at these early stages of the of the investigation is to say that there was a secondary uh, collision with uh, with the woman by a second vehicle that we've just released a few hours ago a photo of a still photo uh, that's out there now and so what what vehicle was it it's a white car i it, think you're right so it is a white sedan four door is what the photo shows initially the witnesses called it like a honda civic and it, it may or may not be and i'll leave the folks who look at the photo to decide what that is and if they think they know the car please call crime stoppers are or us at traffic services. But I think what was the aggravating factor and still is, is that the person who the second vehicle, the driver of that second vehicle got out after striking the woman, looked around and got back in the car and left. And so that's what we want to find out. What, what was going on there? Why did that happen? And those will be questions that our investigators want to get to the bottom of. Not only at the very least, this person is a witness living, right? And, and, and there will definitely be some evidence that they're going to want to collect from that vehicle. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's mind boggling. Would you assume that they just panicked or what? Yeah. You know what? We've seen all kinds of stuff. I mean, we, unfortunately we've, uh, we see, uh, you know, we've been at, in, in, in the, uh, investigation of collisions for a long time and, and nothing really surprises me anymore. And, and that's why I said before, as a, at the beginning, it, it takes such, uh, so many hours and sifting through the statements and video and pictures and things like that to really find out we can jump to conclusions and that's, and it's good for conversation and things that we need to talk about. But when we're talking about potentially criminal investigations, that's when we slow things down and get to the bottom of things conclusively. And uh, if that guy decides to come forward, should he do that with a lawyer? Well, well, that's always a recommendation for sure. And that's your right. And that's what we want people to do. The most important thing is, is that for sure, get some advice. Give us a call. It happens often. Um, what's happened is 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 happened, um, it, it, nothing gets better by the passage of time in these situations. And so that's what we're asking uh, this particular person to do is to uh, get some advice, give us a call and uh, get it resolved. And uh, 
what about the driver of the truck? You found him. Was, did he? How come he didn't stop? Again, I don't. Have, I wish I had that 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 part. But those will be questions I know for sure. Our investigators are going to be looking to get to the bottom of. And in terms of, you know, there's you know we can speculate all we want, but uh, you know there's a lot of factors that could have happened in in that play uh, in, in that situation. So again, I'm sort of left with saying the investigators are going to just take their time. Do their interviews. That's that's what that's basic policing. Get to the, collect the evidence and do a ton of interviews. Um, and that's why when we we constantly come out and talk to the ask for help from the public, it is it, it's very rarely that one big piece that solves these types of crimes or breaks it open. It's often something very small, granular that sort of leads to the next, to the next, to the next. So if it, don't assume if anybody's listening uh, that uh, geez, probably uh, five other people were there. They already spoke to the police. We want to hear from you specifically. Okay, let's take a call from Hank. I think you're in Bradford, is that right? Uh, Bradford, uh, Okay. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm an experienced uh, tractor-trailer operator. I drove a uh, tractor-trailer in Toronto uh, for 25 years. Uh, the one thing that uh, even uh, specifically um, uh, experts don't realize about it, unless they've actually been behind the wheel of one of these things, is if you're making a right-hand turn, regardless if you're going forward or backwards, uh, for a transport operator, that's called a blind side. And, and why that is, is because regardless of all the mirrors and everything that you've got up there, what's happening is as soon as the, uh, the uh, tractor is, uh, is tracking offline from the trailer, uh, all you're seeing in the mirrors is the side of the trailer. Uh, now it's, it's opposite on the left-hand side. If you're if you're backing in or driving forward uh, uh, towards the left, um, you can see everything there. Uh, I uh, I was involved in a situation in uh, oh, I think it was Scarborough Scarborough where a traffic manager had uh, signs posted all over the place that uh, you had to uh, drive your tractor in. Um, from the wrong side. Now, the only way that this guy would be correct in doing this is if he was from Europe and everything was opposite. Okay? So, uh, the, the tractor, uh, if you run over something in a tractor, uh, tractor trailer particularly, you may not know anything. And, and there, I know of cases, I actually know a guy who dragged a car for five miles under his trailer and had no idea it was there. Okay, so oh, so again, to... so when you were driving, how did you make sure that you didn't hit pedestrians? Well, I, you, you've got to be awfully careful, and you've got to take it really slow and safe. I mean, and, and this lady, she could have just tripped on a stone or something, anything that got her... Um, off, off balance or, or, you know, absorbed her, uh, her, um, uh, you know, she just may have not had her, uh, concentration at that moment. And she was crossing, day. she was crossing at a crosswalk on a green light. Well, what I'm saying is the, uh, the tractor driver may not have seen her at all. He okay. may not have been aware of her, of her presence there. That's okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, we, we get that, but he should have been. Hank, thanks for your call. Uh, let's go to Clay in Ajax. Hi, Clay. Hi. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Good. That's, uh, I, I feel terrible for the family of that lady crossing, oh. doing everything right, and she's still dead. 
And uh, the thing is, uh, Libby, that's going to be a fine thing in court now because the tractor-trailer driver that took off, uh, is he going to be charged with motor manslaughter and hit and run? Or the guy that uh, hit her again, who killed the woman? That's that's going to be a big question, isn't it? Well, I have uh, read, uh, and again, it, it's just in uh, news reports, I've read that it was actually the, the tractor-trailer that killed her. I'm here with Sergeant Brett Moore, who's uh, not confirming any of that, uh, because it is a matter, uh, it will be a matter for the courts. And uh, they have tracked down the driver of the tractor-trailer. Again, he's not saying anything about why this guy didn't remain, and they're looking for the driver of the car. Yep. And and if you're listening out there, the driver of the car, you know what? They're going to find you, so you may as well come forward first. Libby, I drove a tractor-trailer for 35 years, and I used to deliver oil to all the schools. And you have to be in care and control of your vehicle. You have to be watching all the time, all the time, all the time, because you have to expect the unexpected, because people, they just do that. And this poor woman was doing everything right. Okay, what do you what do you say to our previous caller who also was saying, look, the guy, you know, probably didn't even see her? Well, he didn't see her because he was obviously doing something else, whether he was texting or talking on his telephone. Maybe in the, if you see tractor trailers, you see a lot of them doing that. I mean, it would be nice to say that all of us AZ drivers are perfect, but we're not. You drive along the 401 Libby yourself, and how, how close behind you is that tractor trailer? Uh, I try to stay away from them. I, I've said that before on here. They 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 scare the daylights out of me. Boy, I, big, I, I drive sweater. a small car. I just try to stay out of their way. And I just on the way to work this morning, yeah. I was noticing, and it might, you know, I, I take some side streets, smaller residential streets, and suddenly I'm seeing these large trucks on them. And oh, basically yeah. they're blocking a whole lane. Exactly. Uh, because they're smaller streets, and, and I don't know what the heck they're doing there. And, uh, Sergeant, I mean, is there anything we can do about that? They should not be on those small streets. I know, like I say, and uh, they got big West Coast mirrors on the driver's side, the passenger side. They also got a small convex mirror on the bottom. And they're normally they're out a couple feet from the, uh, the curb because when they're making a right-hand turn, they need to. Okay, but, thanks. Uh, bye. Bye. Uh, yeah, is there anything we can do about that? Well, there's definitely some uh, a lot of side streets that are signed for no no truck traffic on them for sure. Um, but you know, we we know what happens for sure. And you know, there's uh, it's, it's Dovercourt. There's a police yeah. station there. I worked there for ten years. I know it well. <laughs> yeah, tell them to stay off that. Okay, uh, I am now going to bring in Councillor Brad Bradford. Hi, Councillor. Oh. Are you there, Councillor? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, Brad Bradford is the counselor for Ward 19, and uh, traffic safety and redesign is his bailiwicks. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, it's my pleasure. Okay, so we have known for a long time that Scarborough is the worst place for pedestrian crashes. Uh, we now know that uh, the woman who was killed in this very tragic crash yesterday was doing everything right. She mm -hmm. was crossing a crosswalk on a green light. Uh, as far as you know, is there anything in the design of that intersection that could have made it more likely that something bad was going to happen there? Well, I can't speak to the specifics of, of that intersection, but certainly you're right. Road design has a lot to do with these things. When we look out uh, the suburbs, particularly in Toronto, we have large arterial, arterial roads with four or more lanes of traffic. And, uh, you know, 
generally there's a lot of speeding that takes place. When you, when you design a road that looks like a highway, people tend to drive it like a highway. And at our intersections, you know, there's lots of what, what we call pork chops in, in Toronto where it's that sort of advanced right-hand turn lane. Uh, and the tendency is for people to be focused on the, uh, the, the traffic that they're merging into and not necessarily looking at uh, pedestrians or cyclists that might be moving through the intersection as well. So your attention is actually turned the opposite direction of where you're looking because you're, you're trying to merge into traffic. And we run into these sort of conflicts uh, all the time. So design is a big part of this, uh, normalizing these intersections, um, making sure that our streets are designed in a way where we can achieve the speeds that we want to actually see on them. And uh, we got a lot of work to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, and there are a lot of streets where, uh, as a driver, it's very difficult to turn right just because there are so many people crossing the street. Is there something with the timing of lights that would alleviate that problem? I mean, Absolutely. basically, Absolutely. if you're trying to turn while people are trying to cross, there are a lot of intersections where if you exactly obey the lights, you are never going to turn. That's right. And and that dynamic has changed in Toronto over the years. And yet our approach to, to signalization uh, and intersection and road design hasn't. So what we're doing and what we've been doing with Vision Zero is we've introduced pedestrian head start crossings at uh, more than 80 intersections across the city. And we have plans to do many, many more. And that gives the opportunity for pedestrians to get into the intersection first. Uh, a bit of a head start uh, that makes them more visible, and then it also allows the pedestrians to clear through, so that you know on on the green light there is an opportunity for for drivers to make that turn as well. I think you've hit the nail on the head when we're all competing to get through on that signal timing. That's when you're more likely to take risks, whether you're a pedestrian dashing through the intersection or you're somebody who's trying to make that right hand turn pushing it between, you know, trying to thread the needle between pedestrians. We see that all the time. Well, you it's know, you know risky. what? The, the thing about all of it is the same way you see a lot of drivers trying to, you know, rush through to make that yellow light mm-hmm. uh, and it often turns red. You know, pedestrians don't necessarily obey, uh, you know, when you're supposed to stop crossing. They just rush through and that makes everything worse for everybody because everybody's doing it. That's right. And it, and it is, a, you know, too often it, it's, it's a competition out there and both drivers and pedestrians and cyclists uh, take unnecessary risks. And that does come back to a lot of our road design. You look at our suburbs uh, and particularly Scarborough, you know, sometimes we have more than 900 meters uh, between signalized crossing intersections. And, you know, for, for seniors, that can easily add six, seven, eight minutes of walking uh, to use a protected crossing uh, versus, you know, other parts of the city where signalized crossings are a lot closer. So we have the higher likelihood of pedestrians crossing mid-block without a protected signalized intersections, uh, and that's where we can really run into uh, into trouble. Absolutely. But uh, as we kept saying, this woman did everything right. I'd, I'd like to bring in Dylan Reed. Uh, he is a co-founder of Walk Toronto. Hi, Dylan. Hello. I'm there. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you for joining us. Dylan, what's your reaction to this latest crash? Well, I mean, it's just all too uh, typical. Um, As Councillor Bradford was saying, uh, 
Um, Scarborough is the most dangerous part of Toronto for pedestrians. As you were saying earlier, uh, uh, senior pedestrians are the ones who are most likely to be killed in Toronto. Uh, it's painfully, painfully familiar. And I think it's also important to, you know, go back to the fact that she was doing everything right. Um, the Toronto uh, Public Health did a study a few years ago to see, you know, who was doing what when, when pedestrians are killed and injured. And they found that in two-thirds of the cases, pedestrians are doing everything right. They're crossing with the right-of-way, and they're still getting hit. Um, so, you know, I think it's really important to, to, to keep that in mind um, when we're thinking about how to make these situations better. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it really boggles the mind, especially the fail to remain aspect of that this. Is, that is horrifying, especially this, I mean, the second one, too. And also that she was still lying out in the street and no one had stopped their car and put on their hazards to kind of, you know, protect her body or anything like that. Um, you'd sort of hope that someone would have would have been able to do something. Um, and to hear that someone was hit twice like that and that neither driver stay on the scene is just horrifying. Dylan, I also want to talk a little bit about... Just, about Dylan, let, let me just ask you yeah. uh, one thing here. So it has was back at the end of last year mm-hmm. when the mayor first said, hey, people, Vision Zero is not working, has not done yeah. anything to reduce traffic deaths. Yeah. Uh, and they introduced Vision Zero 2.0 and threw a whole bunch more money at it. And yeah. and here we see, and the, the cumulative numbers show no progress yet. W- what's your reaction to that, Dylan? Well, what, I mean, so this is a street, Shepherd here is actually slated to have its speed limit reduced um, uh, in the new Vision Zero 2.0. And if everything that was in Vision 2.0 had been done in the original Vision Zero two years ago, Maybe, you know, things would have changed already. Um, maybe there would already be a leading pedestrian signal here. Um, I'm looking at Google Street Map, and a year ago there weren't even zebra stripes at the pedestrian crossing here, which are a basic way of making pedestrians more visible to drivers. Um, so, you know, if only, if we'd moved on this when the Vision Zero was originally proposed, as opposed to, you know, just this summer when they just started doing some more serious efforts, you know, conceivably some of these tragedies would have been ended. So it's very frustrating for us as activists who are saying, no, do more two years ago, um, that, you know, it wasn't that two years done two years ago, it's only being done now, uh, because it's possible some lives could have been saved in the meantime. Councillor Bradford, when are we going to see the, the, the fruits of, of, you know, this uh, amped up Vision Zero? Because so far, you know, there's, there's nothing to show for it. Well, well it's happening right away. Um, we're not delaying on those investments. Um, with respect to these zebra crossings, I absolutely agree. Those are, we should have those at every intersection. Um, they do highlight disability for, uh, pedestrians and drivers, and it's super important. Uh, there are some key things in Vision Zero 2.0 that are really the product of the data that we had collected, uh, over the Vision Zero program. So that's how we, uh, we are directing the resources into the areas where people are most vulnerable, where we're seeing those serious collisions, and and disproportionately, it is in the suburban areas of Toronto. Uh, we will be moving I mean, forward. We did with, have a lot of uh, okay, one at a time, on. please. <laughs> oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm going to hang on, everybody. I'm going to take a call from Dave in Thorold. Dave, you have a, a very upsetting story to tell. Um. Yeah. My mother was run down and killed at Branton Woodward in Burlington. So sorry to hear that. Uh, about a decade and a half. Thank you. The, um, what really vexes me 
is that even in court, the judge in a two-day trial fell asleep three times, and in the end, with no waiting, stood up and said, I find the driver was driving legally. And yet the driver, during his testimony, testified, yes, I wasn't paying attention. Yes, I was driving too fast. And he was driving over double the legal speed limit. And um, all of the efforts that we put into getting people to drive safely or pedestrians to be cautious on the road, I believe only falls on the ears of those that are already being cautious and responsible in the first place. Irresponsible people won't be responsible enough to respond to the efforts that are being made. I believe it's a social issue that is far deeper than what is apparent on the surface. You know, Dave, I I hope you're wrong. Um, Thank you very much for sharing your story. I mean, I can't imagine. And and right now, uh, you know, I'm really thinking about the family of, of that woman and everything they must be going through. But I mean, all you can do is try and there are efforts underway. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for your call. I hope I'm wrong too, by the way. And my heart does go out to that, sadly. Very, very profoundly. Uh, uh, okay. Thanks, Dave. Take Thank care. You. Yeah, I mean, the, the effect is obviously devastating. Um, I'm going to start, uh, we have to start wrapping up this uh, segment, Councillor Bradford. I know that tomorrow you are unveiling uh, a pop-up. Tell us a little bit about it. So this is Canada's first Vision Zero pop-up, and we're doing it at uh, Woodbine and Danforth uh, and just a block to the west. So I really would like everyone to come out and, and see what a complete street Vision Zero design looks like on an arterial road. Um, basically, we have a, a grant from a, an anonymous donor uh, who experienced uh, you know road violence in their life, and they wanted to transform a street for a weekend and bring in some of these design elements that can really create a much more pedestrian-friendly street, something that works and is safe for all road users. So you're going to see wider sidewalks to support businesses and pedestrian activity. You're going to see bike lanes. You're going to see public artwork. All of this stuff that really says, you know, it's not just about moving cars. It's about moving people. And we need to have designs that that are 21st century city-minded and do it in the safest way possible. So it's a pop-up just for Friday and Saturday. It's an experiment, but I think it will give us all, you know, all of Toronto an opportunity to see what a Vision Zero design on a street looks and feels like, and I'd love to have everyone out to the neighbourhood. Okay, well, sounds interesting. I look forward to it. And Sergeant Moore, what would you like to leave us with in the wake of this terrible, terrible crash? And by the way, I'm really glad that you have started to refer to that as road violence and not accident. No, that's uh, something we've worked for a long time to try to change that language, right? These are crashes and collisions and they're preventable. We know that for sure, but it does really boil down uh, in, in, in many, many cases to uh, people just thinking differently, right? It, it's uh, Nobody starts their day thinking they're going to be involved in anything like this, but it's bad habits. It's, it's these things that happen that we do every day uh, that speed even you know 10 kilometers over maybe you don't fully stop at the stop sign those kinds of things creep up and create awful habits that one day will catch up to you and i think that that's our part of all of our campaigns and our and our public messaging is to think differently about you know, how we use our roads and and, and about others and uh, at the same time okay um unfortunately this is a subject that is going to be coming up again and again i'm afraid people if i couldn't get to your call remember free for all friday is coming up 
tomorrow. Please call back. I uh, would like to hear your stories. In the meantime, thank you so much. Dylan Reed, Walk Toronto co-founder, Brad Bradford, Toronto City Councillor for Ward 19, and Sergeant Brett Moore. Appreciate your time very much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.